Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What's up, people? Adam Hunter here, giving you awesome podcasts here or over at The Rockfin. Thanks for supporting me, R-O-K-F-I-N. If you do and you like this podcast, make sure you give it a shout-out. On Twitter and Instagram, tell everyone how much you like it. We got a great podcast today. We got Shane Burgos, just coming off a huge win over Cub Swanson. He's 13-0. And Brandon Davis, okay, from Mississippi. Both have amazing stories. Both great fighters. I'm excited. Listen, a lot of people are hesitant to try hemp-derived CBD oil because they just don't know where to start. There's so many different products and brands. It's hard to know which one is right for you, how much to take, when to take it, and how to know if you're getting too much. Well, there's a family-owned business over at Nature's Oils Online, and they will provide the highest quality U.S.-grown hemp-derived CBD products. Also give personal guidance on choosing the right product and finding a dose that works for you. Their hemp is grown in the U.S. without the use of pesticides and is mixed with organic MCT coconut oil. Each batch is third-party lab tested for potency and purity, and the results are posted on their website. They have a full variety of products, including... Full spectrum or whole plant hemp oil extract, hemp derived isolate tinctures, hemp and emu oil pain balm, and full spectrum CBD dog chews. All this stuff is available at naturesoilsonline.com. That includes free shipping within the continental US. Call them at 469 525 3131. That's 469 525 3131. And they're offering MMA roasted listeners. 15% off. Just use the code ADAM15 to get 15% off. Also, Speedweed, marijuana is legal in California. It's legal. So get it delivered right to you. They deliver CBD. They deliver marijuana. They deliver everything. Okay, whatever you need, they will get it delivered as far as it's marijuana-related products. Okay, but also THC Sex Lube, which me and my wife use. We, we love it, uh, as well as edibles and you name it. They got it. Okay, mention Roasted for 10% off, orders $100 or more. Uh, they're great people. It's Gino. He's, he's awesome. He's awesome. So I uh, hope all you guys are doing well. And the uh, theme of this podcast is you just, you know, you get set back. You got to keep moving forward. That's, that's what you want to do. I've had so many setbacks. I had a Montreal, like my fifth callback. And they wanted to see me. And I was so excited. I get to the comedy club and there's like a table of, a group of 90-year-olds there that just came in from, like, I don't know, Reno, some kind of bus. And I, I'm on stage. There's nobody in the crowd except for them. And I'm like, oh, I like older women. And the lady threw a menu at my head, hit it point blank. It was like Nolan Ryan's grandmother. Okay, my, my head swole up. It was awful. I didn't get it. Okay, I've had TV shows that I've sold uh, to the network. We shot the pilot. Pilot folded. That happened at Fuel and over at... um. 
another show, uh, I forgot anything, Esquire. Okay, you just, I can't tell you how many shows I've bombed at and how many things have gone wrong, but you just keep going, okay? Life is a fight, and you're in the fight, and you win the fight because eventually the person you're fighting breaks their hand on your head, and they can't continue, and you're still there, okay? It's a bare-knuckle boxing match, all right, with life, and you got to just keep going, all right? This guy, Brandon Davis, he's in the UFC. Uh, his fourth fight was against Zabit. He started off his career one and two, one and two. Now he's in the UFC, all right? Shane Burgos got knocked out by uh, Calvin Qatar, and he, you know what? He came back. He just, he just beat Cub Swanson. You got to keep going, all right? Don't let it shit get to you. All right, it's gonna get to you. Let it get to you, but but move on, okay? Don't dwell on the negative. Stay positive. Don't focus on other people, okay? I know that's hard, but horse races have blinders for a reason, okay? And stop texting me about Brendan Schaub's uh, comedy. So I don't care. Good for him, all right? Good for all these people, okay? I'm in my lane, and I'm my head's down, and I'm moving forward, and I'm gonna keep getting better. And find something that like you don't have to depend on everyone else for, because people are gonna let you down. But I found stand-up comedy because I can get on stage every night. It's me, bam, okay? That's why I, I like individual sports. You can't blame the team, all right? It's you. It's you. Be the best father you can be. Be the best husband. Don't go out and cheat and have it on your conscience, all right? And if you do cheat and you fuck up, apologize, admit it, and move on, all right? Don't, don't have it weigh you down. But um, I don't want to preach. I, just, I know from experience that I know I, when I was in Hyde boarding school, Malcolm Gall used to always say, like, you know, the little things. You don't want to be on the foul line, and it's the game's tied, and there's no time left, or you're down by two, and you got to tie it up. And then in the back of your head, you're like, oh, man, remember that time I lied, or remember that time I did this, or maybe that person I cheated on, or maybe that I didn't work that extra, I didn't work hard, or that practice I skipped, or, or the, the whatever. You don't want to have that. You want to know, I deserve this. If you miss it, you miss it. But you want to know you put yourself in the best possible situation to win. All right? So let's talk to uh, Shane Burgos, and then we'll talk to Brandon Davis. And uh, thanks for uh, listening to the podcast. You. Hey, Shane Burgos. How are you, man? Hey, what's up, man? How's it going? Dude, no, I know how that is, bro. I got a little baby, too. How, how, how old's your baby? Oh, she's two. She's yours. Turned to uh, the end of February. Two years old. Is that your only kid? Yeah, only kid. Yeah. Nice. Now I I have a nine month old. My kid naps. Like she starts rubbing her eyes. That's how I know she's tired. Did you baby still rub her eyes? And it, like that's how you could tell. Yeah, hundred percent. She's always doing that. But there's a certain time around the day that we know she starts acting up. That all. All right, it's that time. She needs a nap now. Now, do you put her down and like make her go to sleep, or do you wait for her to go to sleep? No, I mean, if she falls asleep on her own, that's awesome, but most of the time we read her book, we uh, do a little bedtime routine, and that, that's what usually passes her out, but if she's not having it right now, she's freaking out. <laughs> nice, nice. You don't show her, like, fights where you got, like, dropped, and you're like, this is what I want you to do, kind of a thing? Yeah. <laughs> By the way, congrats on your big win over Cub Swanson. That was awesome. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Now, how, how nervous were you when you heard split decision? Uh. That that was the most that was more nerve wracking than going walking out to the fight, being in a locker room. That made my heart drop. I'm not gonna lie. You lose that fight, that's half your money down the drain right there. And how how do they? Th- I mean, I don't know. I like I'm a big Cub Swanson fan. I've known Cub. I hung out with him. Yeah, but, but I I didn't see how that was a split decision. 
I, I agree, man. I mean, one of the judges, I guess, thought it was, I mean, maybe, I don't know what he was watching. Maybe, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like I landed, I mean, if, through the stats, I, I landed more strikes every single round. And on top of that, I was advancing forward every single round. So I don't know what more to give him, but uh, it is what it is. I got the win, so I guess I can always focus on that, right? Was he tougher than you expected? No, he was exactly what I expected. Uh, not not tougher, not less tough. Uh, he's super tough. He's extremely hard to finish. I was I definitely wanted to finish. Um, it, it didn't materialize, but uh, it, it went almost exactly how I, I expected. Just didn't get the finish, which which is what I always look for. He's a hard guy to put away, though. I mean, that guy. I mean, you watched him in yeah, his fights with like that Korean Wonder Boy. I mean, so yeah. some of his fights are just yeah, like just, I mean, there's wars. He's been in so many wars. That guy. 100. percent That's why I was fully ready to go 15 hard minutes. But um, yeah, I just always see myself finishing. <laughs> I pride myself on being a finisher, so yeah, not finish. Uh, that irks me a little bit. Now you were born <laughs> in the Bronx. Did you grow up in the Bronx? Yeah, I lived in the Bronx until I was in uh, fifth grade. Moved up here in sixth grade. Now, now, now you're in Brewster. Is that like upstate New York? No, uh, Monroe, New York. It's about an hour away from uh, an hour from the city, and about an hour south of um, Albany. Ah, because I'm actually I'm from yeah. Long Island. I went to SUNY Binghamton, and um, uh, all, all, Long Island. Yeah, Long Island's like an hour and twenty minutes away from me. Yeah, and then so yeah. so so are there who who do you like train with over in uh, like kind of upstate New York? I don't really do my training yet. I do most of my training in Jersey. I travel 40 minutes to the gym every day in uh, Elmo Park, New Jersey. That's where I train with the Julio Arce today. Mike Jesus, all those guys fighting this weekend. Uh, Jimmy Rivera, Lyman Good. Oh, wow. Nice, 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 nice. Yeah. Those are some good times. I mean, Jimmy Rivera is a monster. Yeah, he helped me a lot for this one. I thought he was one of me. Nice. Now, do you have a, I know you wanted to fight in August. Have they offered you an opponent yet? No, I haven't got anything yet. I'm just saying... Staying ready, relaxing. I'm not trying to give my body too, too much. I mean, even though I didn't, I didn't walk out the fight with uh, too much bumps and bruises, but the training camp, man, I, I busted my ass for those six weeks. So I got to give my body that, that two-week break of just not killing myself right now. And the next week, I'll get back, right back in training, full training. Now, I saw that you were a black belt in Tiger Showman. Oh. Now, when I, when I, was a kid, I know Tiger Showman's oh. a badass, but when I was a kid, it was like there were so many Tiger Showman karates that almost became a joke. Like, it was, it was everywhere. Everywhere was Tiger Showman. But now I feel like yeah. there's less Tiger Showmans and people are taking it more seriously. Yeah, 100%. I mean, if you look at the fighters we, we've produced, if you don't take it seriously, that, that's 100% fine with us because uh, we're going to beat you. Yeah. <laughs> that's how it goes. Um, yeah, we started out with the Tiger Showman's karate stuff. And I, and I started out right when they were making the transition from Tiger Showman's karate to Tiger Showman's uh, mixed martial arts. That's when I started out. But um, they've always been doing mixed martial arts. They've been teaching grappling, kick, and full full contact sparring, and kickboxing for decades now. So, did you do any wrestling when you grew up in in, in Brewster? Did I do any what? Wrestling? No, not at all. Actually, I did wrestling uh, in gym class once, and I thought it was awesome. But then at that time, I just signed up with Tiger Stone and I started training in ninth grade. Wow. So, okay. So you go to so you're in you're a black belt in karate. You graduate high school. Do you go to college at all? I went to college for about a year and a half, but it was like, I don't even know if you want to count that because I really took most of the classes. And then, okay, so then, then is, when do you decide to become a full-time fighter? Well, I mean, my, I had my first fight in high school. My, my amateur debut was uh, an MMA fight in high school. So I was uh, just, just turned 18, and two months later, my, my sensei got me a fight. So I had my first fight in June of uh, my, my uh, senior year. And then I, just, <laughs> I as, soon as, as soon as I started training, I knew what I wanted to do. I... I 
I tried the school thing, man, and it just didn't work. I didn't see myself in my desk doing a nine to five or anything like that. So I just knew uh, whatever I was going to do in life was going to be mixed martial arts related, whether it be a fighter, a commentator, something. Right. Now, did you ever have to have a full time job? Say that again. Have you ever had to have a full time job? Yeah, I, I was a full time um, instructor at Tiger Stone. I was the head instructor at uh, Tiger Stone Martial Arts in uh, New Windsor, which is about 15, 20 minutes away from Aurora. Wow. So, now, is it is it hard? Yeah. Like, I always wonder if it's hard for the instructors when they have fights coming up, because like, you know, like I used to have a couple instructors, and I used to take at boxing class at New York Sports Academy. Our, our instructor would always lose. He would come in with like black eyes and like just get knocked out, and then to the point where we were like, I'm not sure if we should be learning from this guy. Is is there pressure being a teacher? <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit. You, you, your students look up to you, and you, you, I mean, it's not just your family and your friends, and you got a lot of students too. So yeah, it's definitely add a little more pressure. But I, I, I love the pressure; it doesn't really bother me too much. And thankfully, I didn't lose any of my amateur or pro fights coming up at the DOC, so that worked out. Yeah. <laughs> but it, but it definitely is hard working a full a full-time job. I would wake up in the morning, I'd train, I'd come home for about an hour or two, then I'd go, I'd teach about five, six classes, and then I'd train again at night, and then do it again the next day. So yeah, it was definitely hard. Wait, you have five, six classes? Well, you have five classes a day? Say it again? Sorry. You said you have five classes a day? Five classes? Yeah, yeah, some, yeah. Wow. The, the schedules vary. It's either, either four or five or six classes. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's good money. I mean, you're making, what, 100 bucks a class? It's 500 bucks a day? Uh, not 500 bucks a day. <laughs> if it was 500 bucks a day, it'd be a different story. Uh, but no, it, it, I was getting paid a, a salary though. Right. That's pretty cool. Now, did you, do you own the academy or just, you're just the head instructor? No, I didn't own it. Uh, we had a the same guy I grew up with since I was 15 years old. I just became the, the head instructor after a couple of years and he became the manager. And then once I started, once I got in the UFC and I, I was making good money doing this, I, I decided to make this my full-time focus because it's hard being a full-time fighter and being a full-time instructor. And a, and a full-time dad. Are, are you married or there's a girlfriend or a baby mama? What's going yeah, on there? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I've been married for over three years now and my daughter's two now. Yeah. That's great. Wait, so she was with you before the UFC? Yeah. Oh, my, my wife? Yeah. Oh, I've been with my wife since my fourth amateur fight, yeah. Wow, good. See, you don't want to have a girl now that you don't know if she just is in it because she's, you know... <laughs> But you have her back in the back, back then, when she thought you might still be a big loser, and she's still with you. Oh, exactly. She 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 knew me when I was broke. I mean, I've taken her out to dates and not been able to eat myself because I was that broke. So yeah, she's been with me since I had nothing. Wow. So you go on a date with her, you feed her, and you just sit there like an asshole. Yeah, I remember, remember this one date we had with this salad place that she liked, and I was like. We go to there, sit down. She's like, "You're not getting anything." I'm like, "No, I'm good." Oh my Are god! Sure? Yeah, fine. So she finishes. She, she she pretends to be stuffed off her salad. I'm like, "You're not gonna finish it?" And she said, "No, I'm so stuffed. You want to finish it?" I'm like, "All right, if you're not gonna finish it, I'm gonna finish it." She Dude. she went that a couple of years later. She told me she's like, "I knew that you just didn't like you didn't have money to pay for it, so that's why I, I let you finish the rest of it." So that was cool. That's that's something I always remember. There you go. That's a beautiful story. You're gonna you're gonna tell your kids that yeah. story one day. Yeah. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Wow. And now, what did your parents think? You, you tell your parents of dropping out of college, become a full-time fighter. Now they've 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 supported me. They knew as soon as I started, they saw the passion. Because I mean, I never had any kind of passion for anything in life other than than this. Once I started this, they were like, "All right, yeah, he just he really doesn't just like he loves." And then once they saw that, that I had my first fight, and they they saw me trying to go to school with it, and then they saw me have another fight and still trying to go to school. They're like, "All right." You can make your own choice now. You're, you're 19 years old at this point. How hard was it um, 
to deal with wrestling. I know like it's hard because you get all these college All-Americans and these these division. I, I wrestled in high school, a little bit in college at Binghamton, and like you know, when I got to college, I'm like, well, this is a whole different level, and that was D3. I mean, D1 is just brutal. For a guy with no wrestling background, is it hard to adapt? No, not at all. I feel like I, I, I mean, I think I have the highest takedown defense in, in the in the UFC right now in my um, division, and I pride myself in having good takedown defense. Um, I, I I really enjoy wrestling. I love wrestling. If you look at my my brother, one of my bro- brothers, fellow wrestler, my, one of my young brothers, he's graduating high school this year. So yeah, I, I actually wrestle with him a lot. I wrestle with a, a bunch of high school and college kids that are coming from D1 schools and stuff. So I, I do love wrestling. Wow. So what would you say to a kid who with like no wrestling background, a karate guy who want, or a Muay Thai guy that wants to get into MMA, but just doesn't want to deal with wrestling in the beginning? What, what would your advice be to that guy? You, you can't not. You have to, you have to, you have to wrestle. There's, there's, no, there's no way around it. You have to wrestle. You can't be like, oh, I'll just get a good guard and just submit everybody off my back. That's not how it works. Um, this is this is a new age where if you're if you're weak in one area, you're going to get exploited. You, there's no way you're going to be successful if you have any one glaring hole in your game. Now most especially of the guys, wrestling. Wrestling, I feel like, is the biggest. Now most of the guys you fought, I happen to like Cub Swanson, Charles Rosa. Has there ever been anyone that you didn't like that you fought? Uh, I can't say that. Maybe, maybe Pepe, the guy, the, the Brazilian guy, Pepe. I I, I didn't even. I kind of I was a fan of his before, and then we got to the land. Oh, not even we were at the hotel, and he kept throwing me, like just staring at me, like like he wanted to fight me right there. And I was like, dude, what are you like? What are you doing? Like, <laughs> like you know, I'm supposed to be scared of you or something? And then we get to the land, and he gets in my face, and he's talking on smack. I find it hilarious, but it pumped me up. I really want to smash. And then we get backstage, and and it's just me and him sitting behind there waiting for to see the doctor. And he's like so quiet, won't even make eye contact with me. I'm like, oh, Jesus, doing this for the cameras. So I really wanted to whoop his ass. So I was happy with that one. But other than that, no, I had no problem with anybody else. Now, do you know um, what he's saying to you? The, I mean, the guy's speaking Portuguese. No, he was speaking English. He said, he was like, don't run, don't run tomorrow, don't run. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> now, now, your first loss came against Calvin Qatar, who um, is a tough guy from Boston, a bit, real veteran. That fight, do you think it was stopped too early? Uh, it is what it is. I'm not going to sit here and harp, harp over it anymore. It is what it is. I've moved on. Um, I've accepted it. I can't really do anything to change it, even if it was stopped earlier or late. It doesn't matter. It, at the end of the day, it, it says loss to my record, so that is what it is, right? Right. I, I know. I, I rewatched it, though, and I'm like, wait a minute. That seemed like it was a really early stoppage. Uh, yeah, it is what it is. Dan, Dan Murgulab is a good referee. He's just watching off our safety, so, I mean... Is what it is. <laughs> but your fight against Kurt Hallbow, oh my God. First of all, I mean, he rocked you. It looked like he rocked you. You went to the ground and pulled a perfect arm bar. I mean, it was, it was right? It was an arm bar. It was an arm bar. Triangle? It was a triangle from the bottom? Yes, arm bar. Arm bar. Arm bar. It, was, it was amazing. Uh, it was so quick. Now, how do you do that so quick when you're rocked? I wasn't, I mean, not. Uh, I feel like I, I sound like a broken record saying this. I like I don't want to sound like I'm trying to take anything away from him, but when he hit, he hit me, he called me clean 100%. But my look was 100% clear-headed. I remember what he hit me with. I remember it being a left hook. I remember him. I knew I knew once my butt hit the ground, he's gonna rush in at me. I said, "All right, here we go." So I got on my butt, and I, I knew he was gonna posture up a strike. So obviously he's not gonna try to grapple at a time like that. So he posture up a strike. I secured one arm, swung the leg over the head, and I was just throwing the arm bar up just to make you make a scramble. Because uh, I do that, I do I do throw that up a lot in training just to make a scramble. If I get it, cool. But most of the times I just use it to get a scramble, get back up to my feet. Once I and I, I locked his arm out completely, I was like, oh shit, this is this is tight. I'm taking this home. 
So it wasn't like one of those things where you've done it five million times in practice, so it's just second nature. You could do it no, even, even if you're out. No, I definitely do hit that move a lot in practice when, when guys posture up. But like I said, I'll do it a lot of times, and the person will just rip their arm out, and then we'll get up and turn our feet. It'll be, it'll be a scramble. But I just got it in so deep so quick that I, I knew I had it. Now, it seems like some fights, your chin is amazing. Like, you, get, you, get, you, get, you take it, you just like, boom. Other fights, it seems like sometimes you get rocked. Is it like, a, do you have a bipolar chin? Or is it just certain punches you don't see coming? Or do you have a, I mean, how would you rate your chin? I rate my chin 100%. I've only been put down in my life twice. And I was in the Qatar fight and then in the Hollywood fight. And I, I didn't feel like I was anywhere near being put down uh, against Cub. He, he did hit hard, but I, I was kind of clear-headed. But I, I've never been dropped in training. I've never been dropped in, in any other fights. So that's literally two times in my entire life that I've been put on my butt. Wow, that's impressive. I mean, is there, any way to like, is there any way to like train your chin? Just like, because I, for like for me, is there a way that I could, so if somebody hits me, I like won't fall down? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know about your actual chin, but uh, I, I do do a lot of neck, neck work. Like, I don't know if you, uh, you see all those the training videos like uh, Mayweather and them do. Uh, I don't even know how to call it. What do you call it? Yeah, we put the, the kind of that like headband head. weight thing on your neck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, so I do do, I do do a lot of that strength in my neck just uh, to be able to absorb shots. I think that helps. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you. It's like, it's like, it's amazing. I mean, it's a, uh, it's it, you're you're a complete badass. I think that you're gonna be a champion one day. I can't see guys that can. I mean, you're you're you, you're just like a. Everything is strong. Like if you were in a video game, I can't see any weaknesses. Uh, Speaking of video game, man, what am I gonna get in that EA Sports game? I dude, it's up to me. I don't know, man. I'm not the one who makes the game, but I don't see any weaknesses with you. I mean, the only weakness I could see is that you're a nice guy and you're respectful. And it seems like right now we're in this like attitude era of fighting where, like, if all of a sudden you were like a hardcore Trump supporter and you're like fuck illegal immigrants (laughs) and like, and then you wore a, a MAGA hat, people might give you a better. uh, You might be rise to the top quicker, you know. So. Yeah, you, you probably, you're probably right. I can't do that. I mean, I got to stay true. I got to tattoo it on my wrist. I got to stay true myself. I'm, I can't. It'll come off corny if I, if I try to force it. And, and you see some of these guys trying to force it, and, and I think it comes off cringy it, when, you, when you see guys that are just trying to be seen and not. So just be you, man. But it's funny because I was having the same conversation with Colby Covington like years ago. I'm like, Colby, you're, you're getting looked over. You know, you're kind of, you're a good fighter, but people, like, it's bullshit. And the next thing I know, he, he like ran with a gimmick and then he made a lot of noise and he kind of, he's doing pretty well. Is there, is there a gimmick yeah, you could yeah. have? Like maybe you could be like the faithful husband or something or you could like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll let you, you, you can handle that. You can find my, my stick and then we'll go with that. I'm serious. For him, so. uh, we got to think of something. I mean, you're a nice guy, like the college dropout or something. You could be like the, co- like <laughs> there go. there's gotta be, there's gotta be something that you, uh, because I hate to say it, but it just seems like that's where this is heading, you know? No, I, I, I definitely hear you, but I feel like, I, I feel like I'm going to keep letting my fighting speak for itself. Yeah. And as long as they keep putting me on these good spots and these cards, that's just, like the eyes are going to get on me eventually. And I, I got a lot of pop after my last three fights, so. Yeah, of course. Just, because, just by the way I fight, I feel like, I feel like I'm not a, I feel like I'm a fan-friendly fighter. When, when people see me fight, after they see me fight, I think they're automatically going to be hooked. And before, they're, they're looking forward to my fight. 100%. And, and you're a monster. I kind of felt bad for Cub in this fight because I'm like, honestly, I was like, fuck. I like, didn't want Cub to fight you because I just, I don't know, man. I, like, I, I love Cub and I love some of these older guys, but, but I just feel like there's this, you're like part of that new young crop of fighters that's like hungry 
and uh, and also your focus. You know, you got the baby. I call you. It's like yep. you put the baby to sleep. You got the wife. You're an instructor, so you're like a role model. You're not going to be out doing cocaine or doing steroids or anything else. So it's like I, I think it's, you, I think you're going to be a monster. Uh, so it's good. I mean, I think that is there anybody that you that you want to call out or that you called out? No, there's nobody that I want to call. I mean, I'm in the top, I think I'm like 13 now, so whoever's in the top 15, it doesn't have anyone that's going to get me closer to the, to the title and be a fun fight and fun matchup for the fans and for myself. That's what I'm down to fight. But uh, Shelby does a pretty good job at, at, at giving me those kind of matchups that are just fun. So I'll let him handle that. <laughs> uh, maybe, you're like the, maybe you're like the upstate townie. That could be your thing. Like the, you know, you cut, you're like the townie. Um, because yeah, I can be, yeah, that's fine. I'm, I'm outside right now. I live in a pretty small town right now. I'm relatively outside. The, the Brewster Townie. I like it. The Brewster Townie. I'm, <laughs> Monroe, Monroe. Monroe. Mon- sorry. Oh, sorry, Monroe. The Monroe Townie. Well, listen, Shane Burgos, man, you keep fighting. I'll keep watching. Uh, thanks for taking time out of your day to be on the podcast. Uh, best of luck to you and everything, and good luck with your career, man. No problem, man. Thank you for having me. I got to come see your, one of your shows one day. And I, I'm in New York City this week. What's that? Thursday night I'm at Gotham Comedy Club. Friday night I'm at the West Side, and Saturday at the West Side Comedy Club at nine, and then midnight I'm at the uh, the Greenwich Village Comedy Club. All right, man. Well, I'll text you the info. All right, that sounds good. All right, thanks, Shannon. I appreciate it. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Have a good one. All right. You too. Hello. Hello. Is this Brandon Davis? Who is this? It's Adam Hunter. You're on the MA Roasted Podcast. How are you, man? Good, how are you? Good, good, good. You're, you're in Mississippi? Yes, sir. Nice. Is that where you grew up? I grew up in Georgia. Oh, nice. And how, how'd you end up in Mississippi? I uh, just start, came out here to go to college. Oh, yeah. I was actually, I was doing research on you, man. I like, I didn't realize that you started training at age 20. You got kind of a late start. Yeah, huh? when I- yeah, yeah. Whenever I went to Mississippi State, I saw this uh, sign, and it was like jujitsu MMA, and it was like gi jujitsu. And I was like, "What is gi?" <laughs> Didn't even know what gi was. And then I was like, "Fuck it, I'll try it." And I uh, had this pin in my finger where I'd been in like a little street fight. Yeah. And I had a uh, when I punched the dude, it broke a bone and tore the tendon, and like the doctors put a pin in it, try to straighten it out. And it's still, whenever they took it out, it just went right back to being bent. But uh, that's when I went in there and started trying to train, they were like, uh, you aren't going to be allowed to train with us. I was like, let me sign a waiver. I promise you I'll be fine. And they let me sign the waiver and started going, and everything went from there. That's crazy. So you never had any kind of wrestling background or boxing background or karate, anything? No, nothing. Nothing. You walked into a gym, 20 years old. Do you play any sports in high school? Oh, yeah. I played football, baseball, ran track. All right. So you're a pretty good athlete. Yes, yes. Really good athlete. Did you, I mean, but did you get, did you get destroyed in the beginning? Did you, uh, did you land a takedown? Did you submit anybody? Uh, the first day? Yeah. Uh, I think we didn't even roll the first day. They didn't let us roll until like the third day. But I, I remember I was a white belt and, there's guys now that are black belts. Uh, I mean, when I was a white belt. I'd only been doing it three days. But um, I submitted a couple of purple belts and so a few, like four or five blue belts. But that was all like rear naked chokes and guillotines just because 
I didn't know anything else. That was on your third day? It was close. I want to say I got a couple blue belts on the third day, and then probably like a couple of weeks later, I got a couple purple belts because I didn't even go any, against any purple belts until then. I, I would have ran out of that gym. If, if you came in like a, a week and you're already submitting purple belts and you just were off the street, where were you like, this kind of, <laughs> maybe this isn't the right place to train? I mean, I didn't know anything about like that if you're submitting people like that, then you should be going to a different gym. But I stayed and it was just me using strength and being athletic. And that was, I guess it works. I mean, it shouldn't work against a purple belt, maybe a blue belt, but, um, well, yeah. I mean, it just happened, but I kept training there and it, they have really good jujitsu now. Like their jujitsu gym is really, really good now. Well, you're doing really good, man. You just beat Randy Costa a couple of weeks ago. Randy Costa was an undefeated kid with four first round wins. I feel like they were kind of putting you up and throwing you to the wolves there, and you just embarrassed that guy. Uh, yeah. I mean, I ain't gonna say embarrass him. He he rocked me in the second round. Of, um, so I mean, that's never happened in a fight before. So yeah. that was new. But um, I'm not embarrassed him. But I'm saying like I felt like they were kind of using you as a way to build the other guy up. And then you kind of... Oh, yeah, I think yeah, I think so, too. And then I feel like if I'd have lost that fight, they would have cut me. But, like, when I fought Kyle Bokniak, he, I felt like if I'd have beat him, which I feel like I did, then they would have cut him. So he, like, played the game where he, like, tried to come in and hit and run the whole time and ran away the whole time. I I was fighting for my job, too, but I'm in there fighting. I'm I'm in there trying to throw down. Now, I, I read that uh, getting ready for that fight, you ran 20 miles a day? Yeah, not at one time. I'd run like six and a half miles in the morning, six and a half miles in the afternoon, and then seven miles at night. That's insane. And you didn't blow out your knees or anything? No, I did have to go to physical therapy a lot. Just to, My knees would swell up, but they didn't blow out or anything. Um, I mean, in the it wasn't just straight jogging i would do intervals where i would kind of simulate a fight wow. so my intervals on the would be on the treadmill it'd be you run 30 seconds 10 miles an hour then the next minute you go for you go eight miles an hour then the next 30 seconds 10 miles an hour minute thir- uh minute eight miles an hour next 30 seconds 10 miles an hour next minute uh eight miles an hour and then you do that for an hour and it ends up getting you seven miles, usually 7.2 miles. Did anyone tell you to do this, or you just made this up? Well, I went to the PI to do uh, to make sure that I can make 135 in the first place. Right. In January, the very beginning of January, and they were telling me that intervals help with this and that. So, I mean, they didn't tell me to do that, but I just kind of took it on my own. Like, all right, I'm going to do these intervals just to be in better shape, too. Right. And I didn't get tired at all of that fight. So how much weight did you? And you so up, how much weight did you lose? Uh, I usually walk around one sixty-seven. That's what I am right now, and got down to one thirty-six or one thirty-five point eight. Wow, that's a lot of weight. That's a lot of weight. That's good though, man. But I did. They gave me a. They gave me a diet and everything, and I followed that thing super strict. As far as like, it cuts down a lot of the carbs you do, and you, the only time you take carbs is before you do a hard workout and all this. And man. It it worked. You also gave up drinking, huh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm drinking. I drink now. I'm, but if I hear anything about a fight, then I'll kind of cut that out. 
Now, For sure. Now, one of your teammates, Jason Knight, had a bare-knuckle boxing event. Did you go to that? Oh, yeah. I had to uh, corner Chase Sherman on that same card. Wow. How insane was that? Man, it was crazy. I thought I personally thought Jason won. I thought he won the first. He had two knockdowns in that round. And then I thought he won the fourth and the fifth. Those were clearly his. I thought the second and the third were definitely Artem's. Those weren't close at all either. Yeah. But, I mean, they want Artem and Polly to fight, so they had to make Artem win. Yeah, and then, but you said he lost four teeth during that fight? Oh, I thought it was four teeth. He ended up telling me it was only, it was only one and some fractures and some others. Oh, my God. I mean, that's just, wow. That's crazy. I mean, do, do they cover your dental bare-knuckle boxing if you lose four teeth during a fight? Or two teeth? I have no idea. I didn't even ask him. I actually talked to him two nights ago. I didn't even, I haven't even asked him, like, what they do as far as uh, insurance-wise because I know he had, he had nine cuts after the fight that, um, you know, stitched around or whatever. Yeah. He was telling me that he had nine cuts. He's never had a guy that had that many cuts that were that big. And uh, so I don't know how they did that medically-wise, what they covered. Damn. Now, I also saw that you're a regional manager at a pulmonary company. What is that? I was a regional manager for a pulmonary company. So, like, pulmonary is like breathing. So I would go between clinics. I used to do this. This is before I moved down. So I lived in North Mississippi. Right when I got out of college, I got offered this job. And uh, I took it. And after a year, they offered me the regional manager spot. So I'd go between clinics. Literally, I wouldn't even really work. I'd just drive between clinics, between North Mississippi, South Tennessee, North or South Mississippi, and everywhere, all through Mississippi. And I would just make sure everybody's doing right. And what we do is we'd test people to make sure that they're breathing correctly after they've been smoking all their life or they had anything like that. So COPD or anything like that. So I did that, and then I quit that job. My buddy... I just beat Thomas Vasquez. He was seven and two or seven and three. He had been fought in Bellator. The only fights he had ever lost was two fights in Bellator. And um, then my buddy's like, man, you need to move down here to the coast with me and Alan Belcher and Jason Knight and them. Jason's in the UFC. Alan used to be. He can get you in there. And I was like, no, no. And then finally, eventually I did. And I made it to the UFC one year after I moved down here. It's pretty awesome. I mean, your whole story, you started fighting, at, started training at 20. Within four months, you have a, a professional fight, which is insane. I mean, nobody's ready to fight in four months, but you did. You started, no. I mean, you started off your career one and two, and then you go on a seven-fight winning streak. That's pretty impressive, man. Yeah, I appreciate that. And, man, every, every one of the decisions that I – like one and two, I should have been two and one. One was in this guy's hometown. There's, I mean, it is what it is. It's a loss. But I don't know. I feel like I've been cheated on a couple of decisions. But I've had a, I had a good run after that, and I'm trying to get another good run going now. I'm trying to make some money. Yeah. Trying to move up in the ranks. Well, I mean, you're you're pretty awesome. I mean, they put you up against the beat, your second UFC fight, who looks like he's going to be the ch world champion one day. Uh, that, that must've been, was that really hard for you? I mean, was that the best guy you ever fought? Uh, the best guy, I think he was my fourth UFC fight, fourth but, UFC um, fight. I think he, he is really good. I don't know if he's the best guy I ever fought. I would probably give that 
as far as what they did best would be Enrique Barzola. He he never it was I guess if you're putting it in finishes and yeah, it's a beat, but Enrique Barzola didn't finish me, but he can dominate it every single round. Um the beat I I won the first round I feel. I mean, on the feet he didn't have anything for me. On the ground his wrestling was better than mine. I still don't feel his jujitsu was better than mine, even though he submitted me. That was a wrestling a wrestling move that he submitted me with. But like I said, I'm not a wrestler, so I'm working on my wrestling a lot now, though. Ever since then. Yeah, well, I mean, you're learning on the job. Well, I mean, but when you're training for a guy like that, because I mean, I could only imagine you're looking at this guy as a beat. And, he, and what he's doing to people, and he's from Dagestan, he's got these weird submissions, he's a Sambo champion, and that. Are, are you nervous? Are you kind of, do you feel like you're overmatched, or do you just, I mean, obviously you don't want to go in there thinking you're going to lose, but what's it like training for, like, I, I imagine it's kind of like when you're fighting Khabib. What's it like going into a fight like that? Well, there really was no training for him because I took the fight on, like, 10 days' notice. Um, but... And I had before I had that fight, I hadn't been I hadn't been able to train at all. I had three bulging discs in my back, so I was on this. I had to go to this clinic where you lay on this table and they strap your feet into this little to these little straps, and then you have to hold. You're laying flat. You have to hold onto this bar above you, and then it stretches you out so it decompresses your back so that your uh, so that those discs slide back into instead of getting pinched out. And then, so I wasn't really training at all. I could barely bend over. But then they told me about the fight, and I took it anyways and uh, wasn't expecting to get it. But he throws a bunch of flashy stuff. He's, he doesn't throw a bunch of of your basics, like jabs and all this that you have to worry about. And then he throws a bunch of flashy stuff. So if you know how to stop that, I know he liked to throw spinning back kicks and spinning back fists and everything. So if I circle to the side that he's going to spin to, it takes all of that away. So that's why he wasn't able to throw any of that stuff on me during the fight. And from there, I just cast kick him and he didn't like that. That's why he started switching stance. And then second round, and I told DC and them in the room uh, the day before, whenever they were interviewing me, that said, he's going to try to take me down after the first round when he sees that he can't beat me on the feet. And that's what he did. And he ended up getting the submission. So that was good on him. Got you do it. what you got to do to win. Got it. Got it. Got it. Now, uh, now, do you have a girlfriend? He looked, he looked really good against Jeremy Stevens, though. Oh, he looked good against everybody. I mean, the first time I saw him fight uh, was in China, and I was like, this dude's going to be... Was that, uh, where, where, where did you fight him? I fought him in uh, Dallas, but I tried to get the fight. His first fight in the UFC, uh, an opponent backed out, and I tried to get it, and they didn't give it to me. Yeah, first, I, th- I saw him fight, I think it was Vince Morales. I, I thought it was... Somewhere in China, I saw him fight, and I was like, this dude is next level. Uh, this is like out of a video game or something. Um, but th- Oh, yeah. he throws, Like I said, he does a bunch of that stuff, the spinning stuff and the stuff that's unorthodox. Yeah, and I, was, I, I would assume it's really hard to train for a guy like that. Uh, but I don't know, man. You ha- but you have that country strength, man. You have that Mississippi mentality. You and Jason, <laughs> Alan Belcher. Do you ever make fun of Belcher's tattoo or no? Oh, hell yeah. I'm like, dude, what is that supposed to be? And then since he's gotten bigger, it's stretched out, man. That thing is ugly, hideous. I, I, I make fun of that all the time. I mean, I, I don't know. Is it Chaz Bono? Uh, like, what is going on with his arm? It looks like a, it's like Johnny Cash meets Elvis uh, meets Fred Flintstone. It, it, right. It just keeps getting worse. It's, it's, it's insane. Dude, yeah. 
It's insane. It's insane. You, you, you definitely cannot tell it's Johnny Cash. No, absolutely not. Absolutely. I mean, maybe Johnny Cash face down on like a, like a, like a drug binge or something, but yeah, it's, <laughs> it's bad. Now, now your nickname is Killer B. Did Ben Saunders ever get mad at you for that? Man, he, um, people on it, Twitter and everything used to like, black, like try to roast me on, oh man, you're not Killer B. Ben Saunders had that a long time ago and all this. And I'm like, Mine is an ER, his is an A, killer, I'm killer B, but oh, okay. they're like, oh, it's still the same and everything. And he's, and then he's, he started going on there like, yeah, man, you took, try to take my name and this and that. And then I, I said, uh, said something back, I can't even remember what I said. But I was like, man, I didn't take the fucking name. And I got this from, I trained, trained with American killer bees and people call me B all the time. So right. that's how that came about. But kind of like talk, said something back to him. And then he messaged me and he said that, um, he didn't mean anything by it. He was just trying to, uh, let people know that he saw it too and all this. And they, right. he didn't want he, and he hasn't said anything since or said anything about it since. And so he's a really nice cool. guy. He's a really sweet guy. I can't see him getting mad about that. You know? No. Yeah. I, was, I mean, I wasn't mad. I, whenever he said something, I was like, Whoa, Whoa, <laughs> how am I stealing your name? Of course. So who do you want to fight next? Uh, of course, Sean O'Malley, but he's got a fight. That's the one that I tried to call out. Right. Um, I've been asking for Brian Kelleher, but I heard he's a uh, smoker. What's his name? Uh, Louis Smoker? Yes, I'll take that fight. Yeah, Lewis that'd be Smoke. fun. That'd be a fun one. Yeah, that'd be a good fight. Lewis Smoke is—he's great. He's—he's—he's—he's he's, he's, he's like you. He just stands in the pocket and like and trades. So that'd be, that'd be a good fight. Yeah, that's what I enjoy. Oh yeah. I like it. So where can people find you? Uh, on Twitter and Instagram, it's at Brandon Davis UFC. I have a Facebook fan page, Brandon Killer B Davis, but I don't really get on there that much. Nice. Well, thanks for taking the time to be on the podcast, my friend. Man, thank you for having me on here. By the way, so do you, and, uh, you have a girlfriend? You're married? What's going on? Uh, I have a fiance. We get married July 7th, so we're working on the wedding now. Nice. Where are you going to get married? Uh, it's about an hour and 15 minutes away from here in a college town called Hattiesburg. They got a really nice venue that she likes, so I said I'd do it. Nice. Is it, uh, I know, like, playing, I, I got married about two years ago. It was brutal, like... You know, as far as inviting this person and not inviting that person, and we had to pay for it, and should we get a DJ or the band? And are you are you going through all that now? Oh yeah, she literally has been on the phone all day, and I'm like, I'm supposed to go to Donald Cerrone's tomorrow to help him get ready for this fight, and she's like over here trying to talk to me about this. I'm like, yeah, get the liquor, get the beer, you can get the wine if you want it. She's talking to all these people and everything, and. uh preachers and everything so oh, it's, God. it's a hassle it's a hassle just let it I mean just whatever she says whatever she wants to say yes it's like don't even <laughs> there's really no point honestly. depending on how much it costs yeah there's no point you got you got much better much bigger things to worry about so listen good luck. oh yeah good luck man i'm i'm, I'm, I'm a fan and uh, keep up the great work brother thank you right, y'all take it easy take care okay that was the ma roasted podcast thanks for listening uh, make sure you guys follow me at adamhunter.com, adamhunter.com. You can see my whole tour schedule. Uh, I know I got shows coming up everywhere. I got shows coming up, uh, 
in uh, Nevada, or Nevada, I'm in, uh, where am I? I'm in uh, Ventura next week, Ventura Harbor Comedy Club. June, I'm in Calgary. I'm also in Laughlin in June, as well as Minnesota at the end of June at the House of Comedy. I'm in Las Vegas, International Fight Week. Also, uh, July, I'm also in uh, Off the Hook Comedy Club. And September, I am in, um, where am I? I'm in, I think August, I'm in uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. I got shows every, every I'm, I'm all over the world, okay? I might even be in Mongolia. But check me out, adamhunter.com. Thanks for listening. Take care. Tune in, sons to hook,